It's time for BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, breaking down all the betting angles you need to put money in your wallet. And I would lean to USC as well. I don't think that's a bad play. That's why I circled back to that one. Pocket pass for the jam. Mobley to Goodwin for the flush. The Trojans take it to Kansas. USC is on to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2007. On the BetQL Audio Network. Just when you think you have an idea what's going to happen in the NCAA tournament, madness happens. It was a chalky, chalky Monday. Welcome into BetQL Daily. It's Joe Ostrowski, and uh, with me once again on a Tuesday, pro better Preston Johnson here, executive producer Eli Herskovich, Jake Hassan running the board, Dylan Burns, our director, Jake Galley, on the graphics. We'll check in with Adam Rittenberg in our number two, covers the Big Ten, college hoops, and also college basketball. Boy, uh, not great for the Big Ten. One team survives to the Sweet 16. Uh, Bobby Marks, the ESPN front office insider, will be here in hour number three, just two days uh, before the NBA trade deadline. And unfortunately for all of you, Joey Kanish, Pro Better, will be here to talk about how great Michigan is. <laughs> how you doing this morning, Preston? I'm good, man. It was a great weekend. I'm glad we were able to have a tournament and it lived up to the hype and the expectations. It, it was perfect. Yes, I will do my best not to complain about the layoff. We have to wait until Saturday and, uh, until we see action once again. And this is BetQL Daily at BetQL Daily on Twitter on the BetQL Audio Network weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you catch the show live on the radio.com app, we are now live on 105.9 FM HD to the Bet, Chicago's new home for wagertainment. Also live on 1430 in Denver and KCBS HD3 in Los Angeles. All part of the BetQL audio network. So Sunday and uh, really much of the first three days, the big story was about all the underdogs coming through. And Sunday, uh, they go six and two against the spread. And we watched the first game of the day like, really, this is going to keep happening. Oregon upsets Iowa. They pull off uh, the outright upset. They move on playing their first game in the tournament. They're now in the Sweet 16. And then the rest of the way, it's all favorites in dominating fashion. Uh, seven straight favorites. We had teams not only covering the spread, these favorites, but they were covering the spread by double digits. Whether we're talking about UCLA, Florida State, Bama, and USC. I guess you could take a lap, Preston. You you could pound your chest over the Pac-12, man. I'm I, I would, but I think we have Big Ten fans on this show. Oh. Like co-host, ah, that's fine. <laughs> it was ugly, man. It was bad. I don't know. I don't know what to say other than Big Ten probably a little bit overrated. Pac-12 probably not rated very correctly. Um, it's all right though if you, you know, were able to kind of follow along, or if you were just kind of picking out those spots early, and you know, if you bet until Colorado finally, and they were only down one with I think ten minutes left. And then Florida State on this massive run, like a 15-0 run, I think. Um, but that was the only game the Pac-12 didn't win outright and didn't cover. You know, they were dogs in a bunch of those. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Pac-12, UCLA, through to the Sweet 16. Fortunately for, you know, Texas losing to Abilene Christian. I'm not, Texas, UCLA probably would have been a much closer game. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's fun as a fan to have, you know, 25% of the remaining field. And uh, hopefully <laughs> one of them at least can, can make it to the Elite Eight and keep the run going. The Pac-12 win total for props was four and a half. 
four and a half, and mm-hmm. they have four teams left. The win total for the Big Ten, they started with nine. They're left with one in the Sweet 16. The win total was 15 and a half. <laughs> wow, was it, I guess that makes sense. That's yeah, high. yeah, yeah, very, yeah, extremely high. So, wh- what do you think it was? I, I've heard all sorts of theories out there. Well, you didn't have the non conference games, but we've also seen teams mm-hmm. that are, are playing. You know, that's happened so early in the season. I don't know if, uh, if if that's what it is, or they've been hanging out in Indianapolis too long, what it is. But why do you think? I get it. I I was making excuses. I found myself doing this yesterday um, for the Big Ten because I don't think anyone expected Wisconsin to be Baylor. Not many were expecting Rutgers to move on past Houston. So that that gets thrown in the wash, and people criticize the Big Ten for that. But you know, Iowa, you're you're two seed. Um, you're you were a suspect two seed in Ohio State, and then they go out in the first round. They, there's really no defending the Big Ten anymore. So I'll try, and I'm not even a, okay. a Big Ten homer. But just, by the way, Rutgers should have beat Houston, right? What yes. were they up ten late, and then gave like an eighteen two run to close the game, or maybe it was only nine. But yeah, the win probability was over ninety yeah. percent late in that game. They 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 win that game so frequently, and it's at least less devastating if you're a Big Ten fan. But let me, I guess, speak to the why. Like, what? Why did this happen? Um, I think it was at Cleve TA. He's a Big Ten Ohio guy. He he tweeted about this before the tournament. And I don't remember the exact number. I don't have the tweet in front of me. It just popped into my head. But he, he basically was alluding uh, to his tweet at the unadjusted efficiency numbers and the disparity between those and a lot of the numbers we look at because we're supposed to adjust for strength of schedule, right? Ken Palm does it. If you look at Bart Torvik, if you look really at anybody that has public um, efficiency numbers, they're adjusting for your strength of opponent. If you were just throw that out, um, so that biggest disparity, getting back to this, between your regular efficiency non-adjusted versus their adjusted efficiencies for strength of opponent was the Big Ten. And and he was alluding essentially to the point that maybe the Big Ten could be overrated because the reason that all these teams are rated high is because they all played each other and they didn't have a ton of non-conference, which maybe is part of that. And it could be that, you know, people adjusting for, hey, they're playing top defenses every single game. And so their offenses are actually better than we think. Maybe that wasn't really the case. So I think that's part of it. Uh, certainly could be. Uh, I think the second part of it is, and in, in people hate to truly grasp and understand randomness and variance. There is a chance it was just fluky. There's mm-hmm. a chance that just, you know, it landed heads eight out of 10 times or, you know, nine out of 12 times, whatever ends up being however many games they played uh, in the sense that, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to have these weird runs. It's probably Somewhat fluky that the Pac-12, you know, was winning and covering every game until Colorado finally lost yesterday. Uh, but when you have like a tournament like this and a lot of random events that are occurring, sometimes you're going to see, you know, weird streaks or weird runs. And it just happened to be that. But then I do think they were probably a little bit overrated. We did talk about it before the tournament some. Mm-hmm. I did say, you know, Pac-12 might be a little overlooked. But to the extent where we saw these kind of two extremes, uh, I think that's m- a lot of it's just kind of part of the randomness of the tournament and if they ran it back, you know, next weekend from scratch, like I'm fairly confident that Big Ten would have more than one team in the Sweet 16. And Pac-12 <laughs> probably wouldn't have four. Yeah. yeah, I'm positive of that. And then it kind of under the radar because uh, there were so many teams in the Big Ten. There were some that felt that the Big 12 is a better conference. And they had seven in and mm-hmm. they're left with one. 
and there's only Baylor left. I if you run if you play the first two rounds of the tournament again with those seven teams in the Big Twelve, you're you're probably going to have more than one team left. I agree. It's funny that they're both just the one seeds too, Michigan yeah. and and Baylor. Like uh, nobody else could could figure it out. I, it's kind of crazy. But there's I was thinking about this yesterday. There's probably you know like 14 year old Pac-12 homers. They're like like some Oregon fan out there in Oregon. All he remembers is who his team played, and he's like, "Oh, you know, USC, UCLA. I remember them." You know, and then they just like they're probably going to win all the bracket pools now, just because they didn't know how <laughs> else to fill them out. Their final four is Gonzaga and three Pac-12 teams or something. So, uh, people out there that pegged it early, I mean, it's going to pay because most people, you know, obviously had more Big Twelve and Big Ten teams at this point. As Preston Johnson, I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network reacting to the NCAA tournament. Now the Sweet 16 is set. We may, we wait on uh, Saturday's matchups. We'll get into those in a few minutes. Preston, let's uh, do some quick hitting stuff on uh, the eight games that we watched yesterday. And let, let's stick with those Pac-12 teams that, uh, that moved on here. Um, did you see USC just smoking Kansas here? Um, the, the second half. Uh, of the card everybody was shooting over 50 percent and uh usc shot 57 percent on the night i did watch the first 15 minutes and then i watched yeah. like the last 10 minutes i at some point in halftime or in between I, I went and made dinner and hung out with my kids for a little bit but the uh that, that was i mean when you shoot that well it's you know that's gonna happen i, I will say that even if they didn't shoot you know they were 67 percent from three or something for the majority of it they're probably gonna win the game anyways so that one you just can't even chalk up to crazy shooting i when you win by 34 and by the way that got to i think as high as 37 with six minutes left and if you're in calcutta pools usually a portion of the prize pool goes to the biggest blowout which is norfolk state losing by 43 to gonzaga Oh. And for a minute, you're like, wow, I got Kansas. I got a chance to have the biggest loss in the tournament. They, they only got to lose by six more points. And then <laughs> sure enough, they, they actually hit a couple threes uh, shortly after. But um, I'll say this. I think USC and Oregon were the two teams in the Pac-12 that – and we had maybe spoken about the, the Oregon-Iowa matchup potential last week some. Um, but USC is another one that has you know NBA talent that you know is athletic enough to ultimately hang with anybody and if they're hitting their shots then like that i mean absolutely they could beat anybody so i'm not super surprised kansas was dealing with some COVID stuff earlier and um you know maybe they weren't 100 percent uh as far as guys that play and matter they were theoretically 100 percent healthy but we've seen COVID kind of take time for people to acclimate after the fact so uh not to give a kansas excuses but uh, ultimately uh, usc was just a much better team uh, hot shooting or not as a UCLA fan, I don't know if it was painful for you, but it was painful for much of America to watch Abilene Christian struggle as mm -hmm. they did on offense yesterday. The Bruins win by 20. Last week when, you, when we were doing the show, we were previewing that first four matchup against Michigan State, and everybody was on Sparty because of Tom Izzo. You're like, no, no, take a look at the Bruins, and now we sit. Here they are in the Sweet 16. How good are they? How good are they? Because they got to, to face a 14 in the second round. Right. I mean, that helped. It was just put it into perspective how incredible the Texas win was. Abilene Christian shot like 29.8% from the field I in know. the Texas game and beat Texas, who had right. just walked through the Big 12 tournament. And I, I know they had 22 turnovers. That ultimately was the difference. Abilene Christian is small. Like, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, and 
and I could, it's easy to say after the fact, cause I don't think I posted it anywhere publicly, but I was talking to a lot of people off offline. That was the weirdest point spread to me of the tournament was UCLA Abilene Christian. It was four, four and a half early. And I ended up closing five and a half, but even five and a half, like kind of confused me. And it's easy to say that, you know, they end up routing them. They don't even give up 50 points. Uh, I mean, UCLA, what they have, I think Texas didn't, and it'll happen is, when, when you're getting pressured and you're turning it over and the little, you know, the small guards are able to put pressure on you and switch and, and everything, you can't really run your offense as well. But if you have a guy that can post up or you have a guy that can just go in isolation, like Juzang, for example, and you say, if you just have guys that can go ISO, it, it, it does wonders. It's, it's, and it's pretty easy because you have all these shorter and smaller guys trying to defend you. And so for some reason, Texas never could. They kept turning it over. Um, UCLA was fine doing that. And they actually weren't even that efficient and still won by by 20 points. So uh, I don't know if the Bruins are really that good. Like to go back to your initial question, uh, yeah. are they going to, are they going to hang it or, or win another game? Uh, I think that's a good question too. I, I don't even remember off the top of my head who, who everyone faces. Is it uh, Alabama, right? Yeah. Alabama is going to beat them. I, I don't think this is going to last yeah. another game there. Uh, Alabama, I thought was the best team in the region after the livers injury. And, and so uh, I'll stick with that. Yeah, let's uh, actually touch on Alabama because that was a game you could certainly see a blowout last night. Yes, always easy to say after the fact, but they had their shooting uh, issues against Iona in the first round, and and Maryland was going to let them shoot from the outside, and that uh, that, that was a bad yeah. recipe for them. They made 16 threes last night, shooting 53% and scoring 96 so uh, do you remember that that Maryland Yukon game was another funky one? It was it was similar to the mm-hmm. Abilene Christian Texas one. Th- this one was even weirder because um, we have like one minute, right? So I'm going to get into something real quick. So uh, I, I do like an Go expected po- uh, an expected points model, which after the fact of the game, I look at how many shots were taken by each team, where they were taken from, and based on some of the shot quality and, and just kind of basic percentages uh, on the data over the course of the year, I get like an expected number. Basically, in that game, UConn, Maryland, because UConn was shooting so poorly. They were shooting in the 20% range, but they shot like 30 more field goal attempts than Maryland, and they lost. If you ever get 30 more attempts in a single game, nearly one extra shot per minute than your opponent, it's so hard to lose that game. And my expected points model, I believe, was UConn, on average, in that scenario, wins the game by seven or eight points. And, you know, they ended up losing by double digits to Maryland. Like, it was a really strange game and then so sure enough Alabama actually makes some shots and, and they run away with it and so um, those are kind of those outlier things like Abilene Christian and Maryland where despite winning those first round games uh, they weren't very trustworthy wins if, if that makes sense and so you can pick those sure. out and you know find some overreactions in the market and take advantage that's pro betters Preston Johnson I'm Joe Ostrowski this is BetQL Daily coming up next we're going to take an early look at the Sweet 16 matchups Lines are out. Totals are out for all eight games you'll be watching coming up on Saturday and Sunday. We'll tell you if there's any value in the market right now. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.